Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are finishing up our time here in the womb of a thousand flesh gardens. And yes, that's what we've decided to go with, or at least what I've decided to go with, because, yeah, it's horrible. And uh, why not? As a reminder, this is the second part in a two-part series. So if you haven't listened to that first part yet, who boy, you want to go and listen to that first part first, because otherwise you're going to be quite confused about what we're talking about. And this prompt is given to us by our patron, Kaiser. So a big thank you to Kaiser for your continued support and prompts. But before we get back into the prompt and the twist, I just want to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so over on Twitter at Let's World Build, and you can come join our Discord by following the link in the description where you can ask us why, why God, why did you choose to make this setting as gross as you did? For example, right? That's just a question you can ask us on our Discord, or you can come chat with us about anything at all, or ask some of the patrons what their favorite prompts have been, or just chat about whatever. I think we had a thing talking about candy recently, prompted by Daniel's love of peeps. Uh, So yeah, if you want to come and join that conversation, do so by joining our Discord. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon and give us money, and in return... You'll receive patron-only exclusives like patron-only episodes that we call the Aphid Lounge. You'll get bits that just didn't make the episode for whatever reason. Maybe it's too much of a tangent. Maybe it's some stuff that we just didn't really feel was uh, podcast-friendly. There's all sorts of extra goodies like that, including our patron-only Discord channel, etc., etc. The only way that you can get access to that is by going to our Patreon and giving us money. So... If you want to thank us, if you just want to give us money because you're a a wealthy philanthropist, hey, head on over to Patreon and give us money there. And with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive quite literally back into the womb of a thousand flesh gardens where last we left off, we had a twist, which we now have to reconcile. And the twist was the pet cat is the true head of the whatever. So In this case, again, we're thinking metaphor, potentially it might be literal. And Daniel, I'm really excited to see what you have to say about this. So Daniel, why don't you get us started right after Courtney tells us what her first reconciliation is. So Courtney, get us started today. Nice, nice switch up there. It was a double switch because I I always go. yeah, Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So I took it less as like the cat is like the leader of something, but more that it was responsible for uh, something. Mm-hmm. And initially, I was thinking that this could refer to like a chimera cat hybrid thing, of course, being involved in like sabotage because it wanted freedom or control. But mm-hmm. then I settled on a much more plain and literal explanation, which is that way back before the city turned into this flesh monstrosity, uh, someone's possibly illegally smuggled cat caused a key event in the city's downfall. Like oh. maybe it dropped something into the nutrient vats or tipped a glass over or. <laughs> when nuts snacking on meat plants in the flesh garden or what have I, you. <laughs> I, I do love the idea that there's a cat on a high perch somewhere, just like slowly, like cinematic yep. lighting and dramatic music playing. And there's just a cat like bat, 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 
it's like teetering on the edge like this is the start of everything right like that's that's actually quite fun to me mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I had a roommate's cat who uh would do stuff like that like stare directly at you while pushing <laughs> something off of your desk and uh-huh. you'd go and grab it and put it back up there and it would do the exact same thing over and mm-hmm. over again it was an infuriating cat <laughs> that's pretty hilarious yeah, yeah okay so that, that's really fun so it is interesting to see how you're reconciling with that aspect of it with just a literal cat. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I love the imagery that I have in my head. So so I'm, I'm very curious to see what Daniel has to say. So, Daniel, what is your reconciliation with this particular twist? Um, I was reminded of, I think it was um, our setting that has to do with the steam trains, the Red Lightning one. Mm-hmm. Right. Another Kaiser prompt, by the way. Yes. Yeah, where I think one of the, I don't know if this is something I developed afterwards, but one of the resolutions we had was that um, the chimeras had a intelligence and they were behind everything or were in charge. Mm-hmm. And so my thought was perhaps also like among the animals, there is a creature that has a higher level of intelligence or has evolved beyond the other hybrids that are in their community and has organized in some way. Which mm-hmm. could derive later on from this mistake that happened with the cat, you know. Yeah. Perhaps its DNA was introduced into the, the the vats or something and tainted it, and it's led over time to the creation of this thing. Yeah, like it mm-hmm. it fell into a vat or something and flipped out and ran well, away. But yeah. obviously, it left some of its DNA behind. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you say that because one of the things that I had in mind for my reconciliation of this was. What is an innocuous way that a cat marks people, right? When mm-hmm. the cat rubs up against your legs, it's like releasing like the glands and stuff like that, right? It's literally leaving a scent on you that is imperceptible to humans. And I was thinking, oh boy, wouldn't that be such an interesting way for you to leave some kind of a toxin or some kind of a mutagen or something like that? Because everyone's going to, or not everyone, but most people would be like, oh, kitty, and let that cat rub up against them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that marker that it's leaving around, whether it be a toxin or a mutagen or what have you, suddenly it is spreading all across the, the giant city and stuff like that. And I feel like that is a very interesting and easy way that we can kind of um, push something in that direction, you know, where it's like, it, it, and so the idea of like it being a regular cat and adding this kind of element to it is a good way to approach it. Ooh, so like a mutagenic effect. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the only element that I wanted to add was cat rubbing up against people is the cause of like mm-hmm. a spreading contagion toxin pheromone even, right? So that's really like all I wanted to broach in terms of subject matter. So I suppose now is where we try and figure out what that means and what that looks like. What about um, like, is it toxoplasmosis? Yeah, cats yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain worms. Is it like in their... It's in their poop. Oh, okay. It's in their poop. Okay. So like, right. yeah, maybe it was something having to do with like the original cat got like access to something in the lab or the flesh vaults or whatever, and then was going around rubbing itself against people as uh, cats do. And then like something about its toxoplasmosis had mutated because of its exposure mm. to whatever. And that led to some uh, disturbing reactions i don't know like what it would lead to exactly but we're looking at like full-on human brain worms at this point right yeah, like because yeah. i think that for the safety of the baby pregnant women can't be around like cat feces and stuff like that right yeah you're like not supposed to clean out um cat like litter. litter boxes and stuff yeah. yeah 
So, so I mean, if we if we take that to the maximum horrible conclusion, this is like a Clark episode all of a sudden, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, the, if you take that to the maximum extreme, where it's like, oh, it's just going to affect everyone, not just pregnant women or fetuses within the pregnant woman's stomach. Right? Well, actually, we're already talking about wombs, so I yep. guess we're halfway there already. Yeah, yep. okay. So, I mean, yeah, we we have a cat in a vat who then comes out, and then it's like, oh yeah, their toxoplasmosis gets upgraded essentially or mutated into something that's going to be highly effective okay question is that the reason why humans are able to integrate themselves with the chimera with the kind of biotech that we have involved here i feel like we had established earlier that this society was working until it was contaminated true 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 I think that that maybe they were already able to do a lot of biological breakthroughs and merging of themselves, but it got out of control and wacky once this kind of came into fruition. So like maybe the tainting happens at some point and then later on, unbeknownst to them, it gets worse and then really screws stuff up. Mm. The Mm. tainting also what happens in college frats all across the country. (laughs) So um, <laughs> actually, Daniel, this might be an interesting way to kind of transition into my faction because I didn't initially think of it this way, but the way that we're talking about it, let me explain myself, right? What I had in mind, I, I'm a big fan of the League of Legends card game, Legends of Runeterra. And in that there is a character who who is into blood magic and initially their blood magic is used to heal everyone until they become corrupted. And then they realize that they can control people with blood magic, like puppets. So that's, that's not what I was going with, but I love the idea that this started out as like a hero or someone who had well intentioned and then suddenly kind of became corrupted and has started to use their powers for evil. And I was a big fan of the puppetry aspect. So my faction effectively was, whoever is involved is able to control the biotech surrounding some of these souped up humans in a way that is akin to puppetry. So the human who is in the inside of this giant biotech suit is effectively trapped in a cage of bone muscle and like living bioweapons. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're like being piloted as a puppet and then whoever is controlling them once had good intentions of trying to create it, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm thinking that this might have something to do with the cat. Like the cat has been able to spread its kind of whatever has been tainted by the cat is now able to be corrupted or controlled, puppeted by the, you know, the creator or something like that. So how do, how do we feel about that in general? Can we tie it to the cat or do we want to keep that faction separate? Like, what are we thinking overall? Yeah, I wonder if we can tie in with Daniel's reconciliation of the Swiss more so. I think it fits nicely um, because it seems like you have this fleshy substance, right, that has become more evolved. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't seem to have a directed intelligence. And this faction seems to have directed it in some way, right, to serve as an exoskeleton that they can control. Is that what you're saying? Well, I I was just thinking that, like, what, what I find compelling is this idea that they started out by like, hey, if you have this antigen, if you have this thing, it's more resilient, it's more beneficial to have this thing. So it starts out as one thing and then they realize, oh, anything that has this antigen can be controlled like a puppet, can be controlled via this process. If they didn't want to start that way, but once they realized that they had that power and they were like, oh, well, 
essentially, once you use the power once, you're going to keep using it until that's all you can do effectively, right? So it's it's like a very slippery slope of morality is how I would see this kind of power set. I mean, I could see, too, it becoming weaponized as the city devolves into chaos. You mm. know, perhaps you use their methodology was used for something unrelated. Like perhaps it was to direct. I don't know. Like, you know, how like certain types of fish travel in a certain direction for mating season, maybe like mm-hmm. certain vats of flesh to direct the way they're formed. You know, it was a process used scientifically. And then when everything yeah. goes to shit, it's used as a weaponized means of mind control, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, the mind control aspect does tie in with the toxoplasmosis, because what that does, yeah. right, is yeah. like, when a mouse is uh, infected with that, essentially, they like, become, become attracted more, to the scent of like, right. urine, right? Yeah. They become more like neutral to cats, they stop uh, acting afraid of them. So the cat can just mm. eat them. Um, so maybe that's what happened here. And also like, Ooh. yeah, maybe maybe this was used when the city originally started to fall. Like whoever was controlling this was doing it to protect things. But over time, that goal became uh, very warped. Oh, it's like a general or something like that, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's like, hey, I'm able to command my troops better this way. And then eventually right. it stops becoming orders and it starts becoming like direct control, right? Right, yeah. So that actually fits in with the theme that I was hoping to get to as well, where it's like a corrupted version of an ideal. And if this case, like, oh, and this actually works in like a thematic way as well. If we have it, so it's like, let's say that this is like a CIA director or something like that. And then they, they're like, hey, I'm doing this for my country. I'm doing this. And then again, like a general or like someone who is directing intelligence. Like, yeah, I think that works thematically as well. It's like, I'm doing this for my country. And then all of a sudden it's, they're just doing it to accrue and maintain power. Right. And we can even have a pastiche of American exceptionalism and patriotism with this faction as well. And I think that can be kind of like fun and fucked up in a really interesting way. I mean, you also brought up the CIA director thing. And one of the things that we talked about last time was the idea that this place had been infiltrated by like an anti-communist operative. Yeah, Yeah. MKUltra agent from the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe they're also somehow involved in this. I'd like to believe that they are the the people who are being hunted by our ultra jingoistic CIA folks. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I almost get a vision of uh, whoever had been sent at some point to help infiltrate maybe later on like remaining there embedded like this is something that they took advantage of and now they're like a guerrilla faction of these crazy you know rambo flesh zombies you know (laughs) directed by this general you've invented you know so that's like one aspect of the place you know oh yeah well no that that's my faction this is what i'm that's what i'm getting yeah, at for sure yeah i mean so like they're out there and they had a mission originally and now it's very much out of control yeah it's there's also a parallel to like heart of darkness here as well mm-hmm. or if you'd prefer the movie version like apocalypse now you know something like that and uh yeah that's that's kind of fun i think i think that's yeah okay oh man yeah there's okay there's a lot here that's pretty awesome okay yeah i mean i think the the heart of darkness imagery works really well too, because we had also talked about like the further into this place you go, the more fucked up it gets until you get to like the the womb, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the beating heart at the center of the womb, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. A flesh cocoon, if you will. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. I'm I'm actually really happy with this because I, I was thinking like puppeteer, and now I think that like general 
thematically and directly makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. So yeah, that's really fun. All right, cool. Uh, Daniel, what's your faction all about? What kind of flesh monsters have you for us this time? Um, I am reminded of Deep Space Nine and the Founders, which is one of my favorite races in mm-hmm. Star Trek that they have ruined in Picard or are <laughs> beginning to ruin because that's what they do. And so I thought it would be appropriate to have something like that here. And maybe this is the ultimate evolution of the toxoplasmosis mm-hmm. cat thing we've created. But here the idea is the flash literally taking forms in order to uh, mimic other things and it's organized and it's highly intelligent. Mm. And so they're beginning to form their own culture. And I'm thinking mm. of them as like fundamentally anti-human in some way, like, they're the product of all these mistakes we've made in a sense. Um, mm. And they don't share any of the uh, whatever socialist views that this society once had. They don't share them. And they mm-hmm. also do not care about the outside world. Oh, they don't care about what the outside world mm. is interested in. And their goal is to get out of the city and be a part of the world mm. at large. Oh. Are they genetic runoff effectively? I think they're the result of, I wouldn't say they're like an accident. I would say it's like, okay, if, if the cat corrupts whatever pool of, of food production, right. Or whatever the flesh mm-hmm. was used for originally, mm-hmm. which was really everything um, that <laughs> then evolves over time. And I'm saying it's gaining sentience and then starts to take its own form. Like the changelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're like ach- achievement essentially. <laughs> right. So yeah. Daniel, j- just a couple of questions that I want to run through real quick. So the founders, is that Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> no. Okay. Guinan is a different race. They're okay. okay. I forget the name of it. Orians or All right. um, the founders were in Deep Space Nine. They were a nefarious planet that was made of a, an ocean of flesh, essentially. Ooh. And they mm-hmm. belong to what's called the Great Link. And so they call it the Great Link. And so they one of the characters in the story, which isn't a spoiler really, is is a changeling, you realize, but he doesn't know where he comes from because he's disconnected from the Great Link. And so they have a plan to take over. Oh, I know. I think I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Also, Daniel, did you say Flesh Oceans? Yeah, yes. Maybe you'll want to watch Maybe, uh, maybe I should uh, check out PS9, yeah. <laughs> a literal ocean, of a planet, yeah. not an ocean, a planet oh. of flesh. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> I mean, is that really an ocean at that point? Because, like, it's all just flesh, right? I mean, it's liquidy. I say flesh, but it's very much liquid. That's the way mm. their okay. thing works. So, okay. like, sludge. Flesh yeah. sludge. Okay. Like, they're all mixed together, all the beings, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're we're definitely we're definitely like veering into Clark territory. Clark is mad that he's not on this episode. <laughs> right. right now, I'll tell you I that. Mean, for anyone who's maybe they're on the fence about Star Trek, Deep Space Nine is really for those who are not super into the utopian concept. Mm-hmm. Like Deep Space Nine is the way in because it critiques that, but it also still upholds it, which I think is mm-hmm. genius about Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. It's funny you should mention this. I literally saw a meme image on Twitter recently where it's like. Uh, it's from the show Wednesday and Wednesday is deep space nine and her friend who's like very bubbly and friendly is like TNG. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Oh yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's great. It's great. But, but to bring it back to the, the founders, the founders yes. were very insidious yeah. because they were highly, I mean, they were very emotional too, but they were, they're very um, much the type that have been plotting for centuries, you know, gotcha. their plan. Okay. And so, okay. When you say that this race that you've created that they all they want is to be exposed to the world. They want to escape their womb effectively, yes. right? Yes. So 
how do they wield power? What does that look like? Because they're, they're fighting against like soldiers and socialists and uh, there's a melange of political stuff, but they're uh, effectively away from the socialist part. So do they fall in more with the CIA folks? Are they more fascistic? How do they maintain that power? Like, what are we looking at in terms of an organization? I think they are highly rational in their approach. And so most likely they infiltrate all of them because they can shapeshift. Mm -hmm. And so they make themselves a part of all these groups and slowly direct them from within mm -hmm. so that the outcome will be what they want. Because mm -hmm. I don't think that they have a lot of um, physical ability. Like they can okay. shapeshift, but really they're just little puddles of flesh when it comes down to it. So they have to manipulate others to get what they want. I wonder okay. if this is like their sort of view on survival of the fittest. Like if we want to take yes. an opposing view to socialism and communism, where it's all oh, about sure. equality and, you know, providing for those in need and so on. And this is more like, if you succumb to us, then it's your own fault. We're going to take mm. over whatever we can. Exactly. So yeah. it's the further bastardization of Darwin, where it's like social Darwinism, which is inherently fascistic, taken to the absolute extreme yeah. in the individual, yeah. I suppose. Right. I mean, there's there's like this assumption, too, in in capitalism, at least philosophically, that we have a certain um, motivation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I want these beings. They're not necessarily aligned with the, the CIA or the government or the U.S. Right. American ideals because they have a non-human goal. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not one that we are familiar with. It's a more Cthulhu-esque goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when they reach their goal of getting to the outside world, is then their ultimate goal to basically take everything over and infiltrate everything? I mean, probably. I think yeah. like that might be an outcome, but it's like one that we can't really wrap our heads around. Like right, right. what they plan on doing out there may not even make sense to us. That's what I mean. Like I want them to be weird. Yeah. yeah. What I'm concerned about is how vague they are in their machinations, right? Like if all they're concerned about is getting out, like maybe that's how we want to frame them is all yeah. we want is our freedom. Right. Yeah, I like, think that would be like the goal we could wrap our heads around and like right. we could leave it up to the mystery of the story. Like if they right. were to get out, what would happen? And that would allow them to play multiple sides because you might be able right. to reason with them because it helps their goal of getting out of this. Sure. And then mm. what you'd also want to do is like, I mean, if if you're playing this either as a role playing game or if you're playing this as like a story that you're writing, you'll want to show like hints of what them getting out into the greater population might look like, you know, yeah. because that is it shows like a good, you know, like, oh, they might be seen as like kind of like potential allies until you see them manipulating people, until you see them mm -hmm. manipulating stuff from behind the scenes, you're like, oh, if these get out into the general population, humanity is going to be entirely yes. fucked or something yes. like that. You know, yeah, like you could probably find like a, maybe an enclave of some of them. And it's like, you don't realize, but every surface, every object is like covered in them mm -hmm. in a way that's not, not detectable. And so you've got like people sure. mind controlled, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. when you say that the surfaces are, are you suggesting that they can take on like appearances of like non organic material as well? Yes, just like in okay. Deep Space Nine. So they're they're also effectively mimics, then, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's see, that's interesting. That's really cool. Like they're they're shapeshifters in like biological and non biological sense. So that's that is adding a layer to it that it's it's not just their changelings or their doppelgangers. It's like no, they they do a lot worse than that. And I mm -hmm. think that adds to the alienness of them as well, which is pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely getting vibes of the thing. Like, oh, yeah, 
oh, this God. thing that you can't detect at all, and it just kind of infects you and completely change mm. you once it's gotten into you. Still, the best horror movie of all time. So good. Like, I would still, argue that still. Alien is perhaps better, but uh, I, I love them both. So, it's- so, so. I, I can respect your opinion and tell you that you're wrong and that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mind you, alien is not bad. Aliens a fantastic movie. It deserves mm-hmm. to be in the conversation. I just think that the thing does things so much in some cases, a lot better. And a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think it also aligns politically with a lot of my ideals and stuff like that as well. The nihilism aspect. I could, I could add perhaps that, um, it would do a disservice to alien to slot it only in horror. Yes. Maybe, exactly. maybe that's a way yeah. to like separate the two because aliens like sci-fi horror. Right. So it's like, yeah. maybe, maybe it fair, should be up against something else. You know, to be fair. So <laughs> is the thing like, the that's thing true. Is- it is, it is sci-fi horror too. It's <laughs> yeah, fair. Exactly. But I feel for yeah. some reason, when I think of the thing, like I think of it more horror than sci-fi, but that's like right. nuance, you know? <laughs> well, I think it's because alien takes place in space. Yeah. It's got a literal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's got a right. backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas mm-hmm. the thing is like, yes, it comes from outer space, but uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're getting away <laughs> from it. We're getting away from it. We'll, we'll hold on to that. And uh, I mean, Daniel, amazing faction, very excited mm-hmm. to see how they come into play. Yeah. Uh, if we're good talking about the thing and alien for now, let's move mm-hmm. back over to Courtney and talk about her faction. So Courtney hit us with your faction. What's your deal? How are they all puppies and rainbows? I'm very excited <laughs> to hear about this. Yeah. Not really puppies and rainbows, but more of a, I think after hearing your factions, it's more of a neutral faction. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so somehow neutral compared to ours, which is, interesting to say the least what do you got for us uh i guess speaking of nihilism um so i i wanted a group that is basically dulling the nightmarishness of the setting with drugs Ooh, like people who have obviously been warped by the setting and distorted and i imagine that it's something like whatever they're they're consuming is something from like the flesh gardens Mm -hmm. that's grown to have hallucinogenic or sedative properties or both uh, or to make it even more horrifying, it could be something that they are able to harvest from their own bodies, like pustules that they can peel off and uh, eat and get high oh, from. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yep. I don't, I don't it. like You're it. You're welcome. It. You're no. welcome. It. <laughs> yeah. No. This is just a continuation of the, the gross aphid jam that uh, we did with Clark. Yeah. <laughs> so glad I wasn't there for that. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, we talked about a lot of upsetting things in that mm-hmm. episode. I don't think we talked about uh, pustules that you can peel off from yourself and no. eat to get high, though. That's no. You said that again. You said <laughs> once. So, Courtney, I have a question, right? Yep. So you're essentially growing. So if that's the case, right, if you're creating pustules that are filled with your own heroin, right, yep. mm-hmm. what's to prevent, like, cannibalism from just being a rampant, yep. horrible thing? Okay. So you're getting to that now, just jumping the gun. Okay, apologies. Yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely an implication that could occur. Like, I imagine that you have some of the more extremely sedate ones who are just consuming their own, but that there is obviously a risk of other mm. others getting uh, too deep into their addiction and really going to town on other people. Oh, okay. So So you have like this kind of cycle of drug abuse, right? Where... You know, you're you might be active enough to where you're like you're harvesting it, you're getting it from another source, 
And then the deeper you go, the more your body needs to like, hey, I'm able to produce this now. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a sign of like deeper addiction. And then so you just start harvesting it from yourself. And then eventually you just become part of the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you stop becoming like active and you're just like, all right, I don't need to move. I can just harvest, you know, like my own oh, bodily fluids God. continuously. <laughs> oh, why? Why? Sorry, Daniel. Uh, I mean, I apologize for nothing. (laughs) I really like when you said the wall because there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of horror and weird fiction stuff, there's always like, even in comic books sometimes, there's that cosmic wall, like this wall of arms and bodies Mm -hmm. and stuff. This image that comes up a lot where it's like you become part of the static thing. So it's kind of cool conceptually. I think it's pretty horrifying. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I ran a, city campaign where that was effectively the new drug on the market except instead of harvesting it from themselves they would forcibly tie people to this mold that Mm -hmm. would then harvest and then was also sentient and it was like a giant like moldy massive arms and zombies and stuff like that it was fun it was good stuff yeah Yeah. good times um yeah courtney was there she remembers but yeah and the wall thing too ties in with like if we're kind of choosing themes to go with, like maybe mine is more about stagnation and a denial of reality. Mm. Like they've drugged themselves into this oblivion because the the real world is just this absolute nightmare that they can't comprehend anymore. And so they basically become the static, stagnant mm. uh, feature rather than a person mm. really anymore. So they're straight up doomers, but like drug doomers, basically, <laughs> basically right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to get super dark, but there is a, um, I think we're already there, Yeah, yes. <laughs> but there is a book that I've been reading called Deaths of Despair. And it, mm. it talks about the uptick in terms and blames it on capitalism, surprisingly, uh, the uptick on like the pandemic that is drug addiction, alcoholism mm. and unemployment and how like when you take away certain things, it's like, oh, Drug addiction or like uh, heroin use especially is essentially just a very slow suicide, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the way that they look at it is they, they see certain aspects of addiction as, hey, you're not getting better and we don't have the means to make you better. So we're just going to allow this to happen over time. And that's basically mm-hmm. what's happening here is that they're drugging themselves to non-existence. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Brutal. Courtney. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> somehow, somehow, Daniel, our factions are in fact not we're we're the good ones here, Daniel. Because at least we have <laughs> political ideals. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the things in the backdrop are even more horrifying than the things in the foreground. True. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So to me, it almost seems as though like the protect and mind you, we have like two sets of protagonists here that we could kind of follow. One, we have the group who are just coming in and opening the sealed city for the first time, right? Like we have like the naive characters, the the explorers, the ones who don't know what they're getting into. And then you have the scrappy survivors, the gorillas who are like still kind of socialists, still trying to fight, you know, like against everything and maintain mm-hmm. that ideal that once was. So at least we have those two ideas in the back of our head when we look at all this other stuff. Um, I was thinking too um, that the drug ends up tying in with the toxoplasmosis idea again. Mm. Just the idea of like what mice do when they are infected—they they stop uh, caring oh. about 
like the fact that there's a predator and this is basically doing the same thing like the city is the city is essentially consuming uh these things yeah you know that's exactly what it is so like Mm -hmm. you know meanwhile like we have my faction of the general and like the soldiers and stuff like that right and and everyone is afraid of them right Mm -hmm. because they are flesh tombed humans but then of course when you look at them they're also like, oh, they're scary. Run away from them. And then meanwhile, the the wall of like drugged things, they're like, whatever, I don't care about that. And then they're literally just food for them via the toxoplasmosis. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. That is <laughs> horrible. Yeah. And I blame you for everything. Courtney. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Very nice. You're awesome. Very nice. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> fuck. <sighs> uh. <sighs> okay. I'm very excited about the factions that we've created as horrifying as they are. I'm really excited to see what we have for a main quest line here. I'm so excited. I feel like the easy one is, you know, like you're part of the team who's coming in and you have to navigate this city and understand what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. However, what I would like to do instead, right. I would like to roll for a theme and then see what we can kind of create in terms of a main storyline with that theme in mind how do y'all feel about that yeah that works for me it sounds good all right cool so let's go ahead and i'm going to roll for a theme and our theme for our main storyline is going to be hmm interesting it's curses Hmm. so obviously not not necessarily literal here what are we thinking we have a main storyline our theme is curses we have a very I mean, you know, flesh and biotech aside, it's grounded in our reality, right? Mm -hmm, So what does a curse, what does a modern day curse look like from our perspective? I'm going to a place where I, um, I feel most comfortable Mm -hmm. and that would be the X-Files. Okay. (laughs) And I've been thinking maybe we back up a little bit in terms of where the story starts. We start with investigators in the outside world encountering maybe some kind of toxoplasmosis infection someplace i don't know on cows or in some mm. small town somewhere wherever it doesn't matter mm. and someplace they... where it normally shouldn't be right? exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. So someplace okay. where it's like oh this is weird we've only ever seen these you know organisms in the, in the antarctic or something bizarre right, right and so right, they, right. they find this and through some series of events they are led to the discovery of this other place mm. that they have to go to mm. and the trick being that what they discovered on the surface was intentionally placed there ultimately by the changelings. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I love the framing of that. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. So how, how does that deal with curses exactly? I'm, I'm not seeing the connection here. Um, I mean, on the Vegas, like the surface level, which we can develop this is to think of, think of a curse more as um, an affliction in a right. more um, modern sense, mm-hmm. but we still have to recapture some of the metaphorical underpinning of what a curse means. But I think starting to look at it as a biological affliction would be Mm -hmm. where we begin. So, okay, yes, I'm I'm down with this 100%. And I'm thinking the simplest way to do this is to infect people through ocean life, through like fish or something like Uh, that. Yeah. And considering Mm -hmm. that we're close enough, Courtney put us very directly in the Puerto Rican trench. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Right. So- where where is that geographically and then let's let's aim for the closest american city from there right ooh like a small fishing village or something 
or Miami. Yeah. Oh, Miami. Like oh, yeah. Miami. Then we can have Miami cop, a couple of exactly. Miami skaters. Yeah. Because, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the trench is around, uh, not surprisingly, Puerto Rico, the Virgin oh, Islands. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> that, that area, yes. Okay, hold on. You can do one of two things. We can either put it in Miami, or if we want to be even more on point with, like, superstition and curses you can have it set in new orleans oh like a hurricane yeah brought something in uh, from the ocean exactly Ooh. yeah and because i mean you have the traditions of like voodoo and stuff like that as well mm -hmm. and so like the superstitions that they hold like because again if we're bringing in x-file stuff as well mm -hmm. it kind of mirrors some of the superstitions of like that culture yeah and then you update it as scully is like wait a minute, Mulder, this is toxoplasmosis, yes. but in fish, you know, <laughs> yes. like, and then that's where you start. And actually, like holy it. shit, that arc of like starting in New Orleans and like having a bunch of flavor and then yeah. you like eventually uncover like this kind of like trench thing like that. That's uh, that's a campaign. I could see them even they encounter like in in um, New Orleans, which is a great place to have this, like after tracing a little bit of the voodoo stuff and learning more about this mixed culture, it's clear, mm -hmm. not to them yet, but the changelings are using that culture to cloak what they're doing yeah, to, to exactly. push themselves mm -hmm. along. And yep. they do find someone who's like 10% changeling. Like he's got enough of it that it's infected his brain. They're gonna hunt the guy mm -hmm. down. You know, he doesn't know anything, but mm -hmm. it gives him more of a clue about where to go. Mm -hmm. It's a prosthetic, by the way. There because, you go. because that's the 10% that like, oh, uh -huh. they replaced my, you know, like maybe had a claw arm or something like yeah. that. He puts it on mm -hmm. one day and all of a sudden it literally integrates into his whole fucking body. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then like you got to introduce like the shadowy government agent who is maybe yeah. a remnant of the old CIA faction. It's trying to keep a lid on this thing. You could definitely sure. do a really cool, complicated mm -hmm. oh, yeah. mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Because that shadowy agent is basically going to be like a goon for the cigarette yes. smoking man, right? Yes. I was just going to say, we have to bring in the cigarette smoking man. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Just yeah. trying to keep a lid on this because that place mm -hmm. is opening up and things are getting out, you know? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. Wow, we fucking crushed it, you guys. That was like, <laughs> no, okay. Not only is that cool, it's a completely different type of story that you might consider, right? Because I'm thinking like, if we're thinking Rapture, it's an action RPG where you uncover this kind of city but mm -hmm. like Daniel, that's a brilliant move to start before that even happens. Yeah. And then what you can then do is go into the city with the foreknowledge of like, hey, I need to keep an eye out for this, mm -hmm. this and this. And then when you actually uncover the city and it's like a thousand times worse and like that escalation mm -hmm. yeah. is even more so it's like, oh, boy, we just changed tones and games, essentially. Right. Like it's like we switch systems in the game. We're no longer playing gumshoe we're now playing Octon Cthulhu or we're now playing a fucking superhero game basically. Right. And that like, that is a really interesting and fun way that you can maintain a campaign while keeping it fresh and like recontextualizing it in a lot of interesting mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the mental image of, you know, having your party research a ton of stuff on the surface and yep. go around questioning people. And then the switch to you're in a submersible descending into the ocean to this heart of darkness and you you get out in the underwater city and it's just mm. like oh jesus christ like yeah. this is so oh, much yeah. worse than you could have ever imagined mm -hmm. because the city is always waiting for you right mm -hmm. so everything that happens on the surface just to get to the city is all like this it's this big anticipation right and you want to make sure that that payoff works out for you 
And then once you get to this like womb at the bottom of the ocean and it's like, oh no, this is everything that I thought it would be and worse, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. and what an interesting way to like work through this thing where we started with the city and then we expand out and like, yeah, th that's so cool. That's Daniel fucking chef's kiss on this concept <laughs> to start <laughs> above and like go into it. Like great job. Yeah. Absolutely. I just love the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can keep it to the 90s as well if we wanted to make sure that it was, you know. I, I think it would be funny to like, if you restyled X-Files to match whatever decade you wanted, that would mm -hmm. be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. That's an amazing idea. That's really, really cool. You have New Orleans, you have all that stuff. Can we maybe think about what it might look like if it's instead of Mulder and Scully Instead of doing that, let's think about the 80s. Let's think of what happens if it's uh, Miami Vice who gets on yeah, this case. That's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely different campaign that we're talking about here, right? It's no longer investigatory. It's more like, we got to shoot these drug dealers, like bang, 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 bang. And then it's like, oh no, eels came out of them. What's going on? It must be cocaine. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> or like, bring it into like Baywatch. Like oh stuff too. yeah if we're, if we're sticking to the 90s like stuff washes up on the beach and you got these like sexy lifeguards investigating okay uh -huh. okay you joke but baywatch nights is literally the sci-fi horror version of baywatch so wait really yeah do you not know what? about this no oh yeah baywatch nights is like a fucking trash fire that's so dumb but realistically we're kind of in that same in that same wavelength and also like here's how you turn the the flesh gardens into a comedy is by having like Baywatch be the stars mm. and like the ones behind it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Miami vice, if you wanted to keep it to the eighties and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, both of those are excellent ways of introducing a horrifying, you know, kind of setting and like black heart at the center of this campaign. <laughs> uh, cool. So fucking cool. Very exciting. I'm probably going to steal this in some way. Because I love the concept of this so very much. I'm probably going to use this somewhere. I don't know where yet, though. But yeah, uh, are we, did we nail it? Are we good? I think we, the, uh, the storylines are good, right? We're happy. Yeah, I, I love this. It's ridiculously fucked up and, Hell and yeah. great. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I am so excited with this particular setting. A big thank you to Kaiser for this particularly uh, intra Kaiser. Something about your settings, man. We always have so, so very much fun making them, mm -hmm. uh, no matter how fucked up and horrible they turn out. And they often do somehow with, with, with the, with the somehow. settings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's a constant theme with the, with the settings that we make with Kaiser that it's like, hey, let's mash flesh with steel and see what happens, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I, okay, I'll have to make sure that I remember that next time Kaiser submits a prompt because we'll make sure that that, you know, doesn't happen necessarily. But anyway. If you want us to build your world like we did with Kaiser, if you want us to take a crack at your particular setting, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we can build your world. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go ahead and do so at Twitter, at Let's World Build. Or if you want to come talk to us about Bioshock, Miami Vice, et cetera, et cetera, or, or anything, really, come and join our Discord. Come hang out. Don't don't be shy. You know, if you want to talk about us with some, just just let us know. You know, just like, hey guys, I'm new here. Let's talk about uh, how fucked up Courtney is. You know, something mm -hmm. like that. Something, yeah. something to introduce yourself. Something <laughs> non-controversial like that. Um, 
so so come and join our discord come chat with us all that good stuff and of course if you're feeling particularly generous or if you're like hey i'm stealing this campaign idea that you just took here's here's some money as a thank you for that idea you can do so by joining our patreon and it's not like you get nothing out of it you get all sorts of extra goodies and deals so go ahead and follow our patreon for more details and with all of that out of the way that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next week